Hey guys, before we get the show started, uh, just wanted to let you know that here in the next few weeks, we're going to have um, a few devotionals coming from Dalton and Whitney, um, specifically geared toward Dalton's going to talk to the guys and Whitney's going to speak to the to the to the ladies. So uh, just be on the lookout for that, and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. What's up, guys? This is Free Wine and Eleven Bread with your host, David, mm-hmm. along with Dalton. Hello. And Willie. Hey. Hey. Before we go any further, I just need to show this off real quick. Window. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of soundboard. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of sound bite. Told you guys they were coming. I told you guys. So, it's been a minute since we've been on. How have you guys been? good yeah Dalton just got back from a little trip yeah a little trip to North Carolina nice it's a uh, so today is October 20th and this past weekend was peak season uh, for the fall colors mm-hmm. in North Carolina and all the mountains and stuff and so it was very pretty nice yeah. he didn't invite any of us it's okay yeah it's fine not mad I actually just got back from a trip too went to Colorado for a few days and it was super fun there you go yeah what'd you do up there just a lot of mountains, man. A lot of mountains. A lot of mountains, a lot of hiking. Yeah. Just, uh, didn't you end up on like a horse trail? Yeah. You don't horse. like horses. I, I don't like horses. Why don't you like horses, David? <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. It's good to be back. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got drugged by a horse. You got drugged time. by a horse? Drug, <laughs> not drugged. I got drugged or dragged. Drugged, whatever. <laughs> Somebody. I was just thinking about you in a bar, just you know, <laughs> having a drink. A horse and taking a horse, advantage of me. And a horse comes up and he's like, "Hey, I bought you a drink." Yeah. yeah. Like, did you just spike my drink? Horse? Did you put something in there? What's, what's Mr. In horse? <laughs> what's in that? <laughs> no. When I was uh, uh, when I was about ten or eleven, uh, my uncle has a has a farm in Kentucky, and mm. that horse drugged me around. <laughs> So what did you fall off the horse? Yeah, I I got on it wrong, and the horse just started going, <laughs> and I wasn't completely on it, and then I just like my leg was hanging off, and I was like scraping. It was only my leg was only caught for about five. What was it? Seconds. Was it caught in the saddle? Yeah, it was caught gotcha. in the foot thing, and so yeah. Isn't that a metaphor for life? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We approach something wrong. Yeah. starts to take off and we're like what the heck's going on and we get dragged around by it <laughs> and left with some bruises and scars for years wow alright guys that's so, the episode so now, <laughs> so now you won't ride horses at all we're gonna thank use you. that a lot thank you uh, kindly yeah. oh yeah no I I'll, I'll ride horses I've come to the realization that I probably should face my fear and go ahead and ride the horse you know only until recently though yeah only until recently yeah we've tried to make you know plans for a trip and to go horseback riding and you're like nah bro uh, i haven't heard about that girls like cowboys i think you should No, like last when we went to the gatlinburg trip oh yeah oh oops don't remember that but <laughs> <laughs> no in um in colorado you mentioned the, the horse trail yeah. i uh i went to Ga- garden of the gods which is this beautiful um this beautiful mountain range on the outskirts of colorado springs um just so many cool sites there and I um, hiked a bunch of trails and somehow I deviated from the human trails and I found myself on the horse trails and I started seeing mounds of poop every <laughs> every few yards and I was like this can't be human poop can't be <laughs> why did your mind go to human poop? I don't know I just there was so much of it and I was like you know maybe someone got I don't know couldn't get to a bathroom and they were just like Whatever. And I saw another one. I was like... But horse oh piles look so different from... Well, some. Like, they do look different, but if they just squirt out a little bit... Ew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, I mean... And there are other animals out there, too. There are, like, rams out there that come on the trail or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm walking down this trail with poop all over it. And I'm like, where am I? And I hear this loud voice, like across the way. I look over, and it's this cowgirl just on a horse screaming, just talking to somebody. And then I, it hits me. I'm like, she's doing a tour. 
and there are other people on horses behind her. <laughs> and that's where all this poop is coming from because mm. all these horses on this tour are just dropping loads <laughs> every few feet, all right? And I'm like, there's no way. Like, I don't know, but it was embarrassing. I caught up to them and... She's like, sweetie, I think you're on the wrong trail. And I was like, I don't know what happened. Can I? Can you just direct me back to the right place, please? She was like, yeah, go ahead. It's up there. It's like, okay. It was awkward, but yeah, it was a highlight. It was a highlight for sure. Mm. How about you, Whitney? What you been up to? I was just thinking of pickup lines for you that you could have used to make that less awkward, but pickup lines. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, think cowgirls are David's type. 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 I don't think cowgirls are David's type. I don't know, man. Or was he trying to pick up the horse? Yeah. Apparently, well, the like... horse already got me. <laughs> we established that already. The horse got me. Um, but switch one two, Whitney. Wit has been. Um, Wit has been good. Didn't you do some uh, community service? Oh no. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Come that. Come on. Oh. Community yeah, service. You were feeding the homeless. Oh, Willie. Oh. Yeah, doing God's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. Dalton is putting me on the spot, guys, because I told him about it. Yeah. So you, basically, Millie. I'll give you all the short, as best as short as I can get it. We separated into three groups to go try to feed homeless people. Who? Me and some people that I go to church with. Okay, there you go. I get the feeling Dalton already knows this story. <laughs> oh, yeah. She told it to me like right before we started recording. So, oh. anyway, we split up, and we figured out the Journey Home actually already is feeding the homeless on Saturdays. So, mm-hmm. a couple of out of our three groups went ahead. One went to Smyrna, one went to Nashville. And the car that I was in, I wasn't driving. We chose to stay here in Murfreesboro. So, they're out handing out these lunches and praying for people to receive Jesus, and you know, killing it, you know, and our group drove to a bunch of Walmarts, drove around Murfreesboro, didn't really see anybody homeless, you know, standing out on the, the sides or whatever, um, that we could give our lunches to. So we got hungry. So we went to lunch. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. So what? So- I know. So we went to Nukes and we were sitting there eating uh, our guilt sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> 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 we were sitting I know it's awful. Listen, I've already had God deal with my heart. Wow. I deal with my heart, you know. That so is... we're sitting there eating our guilt lunches while we're thinking of all the hungry people. You're th- and then just, <laughs> just, You're not so... making this any better. I know. It was so bad. So anyway, um, we left Nukes and we did drive around Murfreesboro some more. And we did find like four, four to five more um, homeless people that we were able to stop and get the privilege to talk to Um and give lunches to, which if we did go to Nashville with the other vehicles, um, then those four to five people here would not have gotten the lunches. So mm. <laughs> it is an awful, not funny, little funny story, I guess, because Dalton's laughing. Um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. No, but, pra- praise God that you were able to reach some people in Murfreesboro. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was hilarious that you stopped for lunch when you couldn't find people. Yeah. Listen, you can't get out, give out what you don't have in. What? <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I don't think anybody wants your yeah, regurgitated. Yeah, but don't throw up on the homeless I'm people. I'm totally kidding. I think they want that. Can you edit that out, thanks? No, no I'm keeping that staying. in. It's staying. Oh, no. I'm add this on top. You just totally ruined it. All right, guys. Um, we are going to do what we always do. We're going to share some Facebook memories real quick for our lesson tonight let's go for it daltini don't make me go first Uh, first of all whitney is not going to be doing it this week because she has taken social media off of her phone for a little bit oh she's just flexing all over us tonight she realized that she was starting to idolize social media a little bit yeah so she is like nope cutting it out that's cool yeah that's good stuff stuff. (laughs) that was not a confident a uh (laughs) Guys, I will say while they're looking up their um, Facebook memories for you all, that it is, you don't realize how much you actually go to click on all of your social media apps until they're not there. And the only photos you can go look at are yours <laughs> on your phone. Yeah. No, I, I watched the that documentary, The Social Dilemma. Have you seen it? 
It's on Netflix. It's really good. Um, Basically talking about how, I mean, these algorithms that they're putting on the social media, like they're designed to keep you on your phone all the time and just completely block out the outside world and people get depressed and it's, it's a sobering documentary, but it's so, it is depressing a little bit, Mm. but it's, it's true. Like the whole time I was watching, I was like, I wonder what my phone says. (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. But that's, that's really good. That's really good that you're doing that. Um, Sometimes I'll just mute my notifications on my social media apps so that I won't be tempted to get on them. Yeah. Um, I don't really use Snapchat, but like Instagram was a problem for me because mm-hmm. I kept getting notifications. So and so starting a live video, and I'm like, I don't That's care so about annoying. that. So annoying. It is, but it just reminds me, like, hey, there's Instagram, you yeah. know. So if I block, if I just mute that notification, my Instagram time is gonna cut in half for yeah. sure. But yeah, that's really cool. It's really really cool. The social dilemma does not endorse this podcast, by the way. No, it doesn't. <laughs> does not. That's a free plug. You're welcome. Social yeah, dilemma. Plug. All right, Dom, go for it. All right. So the only interesting memory that I have uh, on October 20th is from 2009. And I said, bout to yake page to the bus, then going to be here alone. Yeah. Sort of. Huh. Sort of. <laughs> There's so Somebody many things about that. Yeah. That's... So I was trying to say, I'm about to take Paige, my stepsister, to the bus that I'm going to be here alone. Okay, first of all, why am I not getting on the bus too? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Skipping school? Second of all, here alone, dot, 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 sort of. What does that mean? I don't yeah. know, you were just sketch. That's very ominous. <laughs> and then... Thought I was alone. And then this chick that I hardly knew growing up, she's apparently like my second cousin. Uh, she's passed away now. Um, God rest her soul. Uh, she just says, Sorry. <laughs> I'm huh. just like what? <laughs> let's let's explore that. Let's explore that. Oh man! All right. Um, mine again. There's just no consistency with anything I post. I posted uh, ten years ago. Everything you want is not everything you need. Later that day, I said, "When you live a life for yourself, you'll find yourself feeling empty most of the time." And then literally less than two hours later, they should make I Can't Believe It's Not Cheese. <laughs> the first the quality <laughs> just went down a lot. No, they should make I Can't Believe It's Not Cheese. Yeah. Like, that would be awesome. It would be. I would say it? the quality went up. You think so? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> at least someone thinks so, because I look at that, and I was like, well, that's pretty profound. And then I see that, and I'm like, I cannot get out of my own way here. And then the rest uh, of them are just like, Going for a drive, and then a day with a day with my cousins and Dave, and a very fast golf cart. Very tiring. I don't know. I wonder what was going through our minds at that age. I don't know. Okay, I found another one. This is from 2011, and I said, "Why does it have to be Thursday?" And then I put like a crying face, mm-hmm. emoticon. Like mm. it's not the emojis; it's the emoticon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the capital <laughs> D, the apostrophe, yeah, yeah. and the colon. Uh, and then apparently somebody who's no longer friends with me because I can't see like who it is or what they're saying commented on it, and then I replied, and I was like, I know, right? And then David posted, this week has flown by. And I was like, it has, LOL. I'm on break. And then just no response. <laughs> I remember we were on different school schedules, yeah, so we my were. break was way different than yours. Yeah. But... Oh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> it was a roller coaster. It was. All right, guys. Um, we're going to get into the meat and uh, potatoes tonight, which is uh, insecurity. Meat potatoes. Meat potatoes. Free wine, 11 bread, and then Put down potatoes. that milk. It's dinner time. Oh, gosh. There it is. I need to get that as a soundbite. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so um, I'm going to start out with a little bit of an exercise for you guys. Not like physical exercise. An appetizer. Praise God. An appetizer. Okay. Um, you guys have your phones on you, right? Yeah. Just pull out your note pad or whatever. Or okay. And um, you guys can do this listening too. Um, you can just do it on your note pages or write it down. But right yeah, now. For those of you who are actually in touch with the world, you can use real paper and pens. There you go. Exactly. 
So I want you guys to make a list of 10 of your insecurities that you've struggled with in the past or weaknesses that you are currently struggling with now. Uh, but just make a list. And you have 30 seconds. Go. 30 seconds? What? 30 seconds. That's not enough time at all. 10 weaknesses. Weaknesses or insecurities? Insecurities and or weaknesses. Okay. Those listening at home, you're on the clock. Spicy to know. I'm just typing this to be petty. <laughs> <laughs> Ten more seconds. No, I need more time. I'm only yeah, on no number kidding. five. Gosh. On number five? Yeah, I'm only on number five. I'm on number four. No, right. I have more insecurities than you. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, time's up. No. Now I want you guys to make a list of your strengths and things that you feel like you are uh, excelling at, things that you feel good about, and go. How much time do we Can have? I use the list Bria sent me that she made for me? No. Why? No. It's off the top of your head. 20 seconds. No. Are you doing this too? I've already done it. Uh, I did that, my homework. In that amount of time? <laughs> You didn't give us the homework. We've done this, so. dude. Like, we've done this before. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. No, we haven't. Ten. I haven't written any strengths down yet. Gosh. Okay. All right. No. Time up. Time is up. No. Is up. All right. How many weaknesses do you guys have? I got three. I got five. Okay. How many strengths did you get? Three. One. One. You have the same amount of time. To write down your weaknesses and strengths, but notice how the weakness is longer of a list than the strengths. Mine are the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Whitney. <laughs> no, but when I did this, we did this, Dalton, back when we were in the youth group in class one day. Oh, okay. And they, and they made us write down all the weaknesses and then same amount of time to write down all the strengths. And my list was, I had a ton of weaknesses, ton of insecurities. And then when I started writing down my strengths, like I couldn't think of any. Mm. And so, you know, I guess like the question to kind of start things off is why do you guys think it's so hard to see the positive and it's or yeah, so hard to see the positive and so easy to see like our weaknesses. I know for me for a long time, I, confused insecurity with like humility so and for instance like playing music right people be like play for us or sing for us i'd be like no i don't want to be too loud or i don't want to like show off but really what i was thinking was like i don't think anyone likes my voice like i don't think i'm gonna sound very good what if i mess up like so i've always confused those two things and so i've just had that attitude going through like high school, middle school and stuff up until recently. So mm. what do you guys think? Why, why do you think it's so much easier to fill out that weakness list than the, the strength list? Well, if you want to go at it from a spiritual aspect, I'm sure it's because like, since we live in a fallen world and we're more in tune to the devil's lies than we are God's truth. Yeah. What do you think of it? I think it's because we don't really see things how they are. We see them in the condition of how we are. Mm -hmm. And I think that our whole lives we look for some sort of approval or validation or feeling of completeness from the wrong thing. And that mm -hmm. leaves us feeling more empty. Um, and because we feel empty, we feel like something's wrong with us. Yeah. Instead of being like, hey, like there might be these things that aren't my strengths, but the, there are these things that are my strengths that nobody else carries yeah. and it was really funny when you had us make this list because honestly I was expecting my weakness list or what I'm insecure about to be a lot longer mm -hmm. than my strength one and given the amount of time I mean it it easily could have been if there was more time but I I think that 
my list shows how far, how much further I've come than I've realized. Yeah. Um, and the more that I walk with God, the more that I'm aware of, of what he put in me and the giftings and callings that I know that he's given me that not everybody else has. And I don't mean that in like a prideful way, but I mean that yeah. we're all called to be a part and function in the body of Christ. Right. And we all have a specific function. And when we step into who we are and stop trying to be what we think everybody else wants us to be, that's whenever the power and the anointing comes. Right. And so I think that that segues really well into like a lot of that insecurity comes from other people's opinions of us mm-hmm. versus um, God's wanting God's validation. And because he has already reassured us and uh, that we are valuable and we just we we constantly try and get our validation from others and what they're thinking um i know that when i was when i was in that really long relationship i was hurt a few times in that relationship and i started like trying to fix my life in areas where i thought like i was fixing it for myself and uh, for the better, but it was it was really just for someone else and for that person that had wronged me. And I remember, for instance, like I, I started working out a lot and I remember thinking that I wasn't like sticking with it as much as I should have, but it was because I had the wrong motivation behind it. I was just mm-hmm. angry at what had happened to me. And so like I had a very poor image of myself after that. So it was, it was very tough to come back from that as far as the insecurity. Um, because I was constantly thinking about what other people were thinking of me and what they thought of me instead of, um, what, what God thought of me. And that's the most important thing. Um, I know just kind of want to take a, segment from Samuel here. Uh, this is when Samuel uh, sent to anoint David. Huh. It's kind of cool. Hey. <laughs> hey. This is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Can you please get a sound bite of that? Hey. 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 <laughs> yeah, this is when uh, Samuel is sent to anoint David, and um, when he goes uh, to, to get him, he uh, he's looking around at all the sons, and you know, God says in verse seven, He said, "But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things man looks at; man looks at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart." And so, like, I remember hearing that story like when I was a kid, and not really th- thinking about it in the same way. But that kind of hit me because. It's like there's always going to be somebody that looks better. There's always going to be somebody smarter. There's always going to be somebody that excels in the area that you struggle at. Um, it's like how, how do we avoid seeking the favor of others and focus on the favor that God has for us? So I think one way would be to, to get in the Word and figure out what God's character is, which we've talked in previous episodes about. I mean, what do you guys think? I can share one of my methods, just a brief one that I'm trying recently. I'll let you guys know um, how it goes. But when I'm afraid of something, um, I'm kind of making myself do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So if insecurity creeps in or like someone makes me nervous and I'm too shy to talk to them or I don't really know what to say, I'm like, well, it can go well or it can go bad, but it's not going to go either way if I don't go. Right. So just getting over it and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. I feel like I find myself a lot of people encouraging other others and telling them maybe not like within insecurities of how they look, but just like when they're scared about something or they're unsure, I'm like, no, like get a backbone. Like I know that you know better, like come on with it. Like mm-hmm. I know and I see it in you. You need to see it in you. Yeah. And so really pushing other people. So I'm trying to do better about intentionally doing things that I'm afraid of. Yeah. Minus skydiving, but yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I would suggest is remember that you're not in other people's heads. Mm-hmm. 
that you have no idea what their thoughts are of you or if they're even thinking about you. Yeah. If they've even considered you as a person. Um, for me, I compare myself to people all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care so much about their opinions, but it's my opinions that I'm crafting. It's my own own opinions about myself that I'm crafting. Yeah. And then I've I've learned that what I used to do as a child is I would project my own opinions onto other people. Yeah. So these people might not have even thought about me as a person, but here I have these ideas of what they think about me. Yeah. And so you've got to be mindful of do these people actually feel this way about you or is this how you feel about yourself? Yeah. And at that point, if it's how you feel about yourself, you have the power to not think that. Yeah. To tell yourself that's not the truth. Uh, to take it one step further, to make it spiritual, um, remind yourself of what God says about you. Yeah. For me, I struggle with um, feeling like I'm incapable, unqualified, um, and I'll just like I'll just never amount to anything. Yeah. And when I get to feeling that way, I just I have to stop. I have to realize that. I'm putting myself down and that at that point I'm being my own worst enemy and then pray to God and ask him to show me what he thinks of me. Yeah. And I mean, he tells us multiple times. Um, We had that episode about believer authority about basically just being confident in who we are because he's given, he has the authority or we have the authority through him. Um, In Romans, 5, 1, and 2, Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So that's something that we can be like proud of in ourselves. You know, we, like God has so much value uh, for us. And... Um, I mean, he's he's crafted all of our days before we've even lived them out. Yeah, and like he he's he's scripted out. There's so much detail, mm-hmm. and just going through all of that for us, sending his son. Like it's it shows us how valuable we really are, and how insignificant the thoughts that we're not valuable are um, in this life, because these things are gonna pass away. Mm-hmm. This world is gonna pass away. And sometimes I'll catch myself thinking about that. Like when I'm in the casket, like what, uh, I'm not going to take any of this with me. The people who, what people think of me, what I, what I did, what I didn't do. Like, like as far as like goals on this planet. Um, but how I've lived my life and the attitude that I've carried will go with me. Um, and so, you know, it's all about attitude. Whitney, you touched on this. Um, because, when you are secure in yourself, it, it brings peace. And I think that that's something that we all really want is just that sense of peace. And that peace leads to confidence. Um, and so, you know, I guess like I'll, I'll kind of open this up for you guys. Um, when did insecurities really stand between you and a goal that you had for your life? And how did you overcome that? And if you're still struggling with that, what what do you plan to do to overcome that? Um, I'll start real quick. Um, I remember this was a couple of years ago. I I played a show in in Madison, and it didn't go very well. We'll say that um, the sound wasn't right at all. Technology wasn't working. Um, it, it was just, it was a train wreck. The show didn't go very well for me at all. Personally. Um, I was in a weird mood the entire night and basically I walked out of there with, with no money. I mean, I felt embarrassed. I felt just, it was the lowest I've ever felt about myself ever. Um, because to that point, you know, I, I had felt pretty good about my skill set and, and where I was as a player and a performer. And then I remember halfway through that set, I'm looking out at the crowd and it just, it really just, there was a sense of just like let down inside of me. 
And I honestly, I just wanted to like run outside and just throw the guitar on the ground and just quit. And I remember that night, like I came back and I told Austin, like my roommate at the time, I said, man, like I'm not doing music anymore. Like I'm, I, I give up, like I'm not doing this. Like I'm obviously not meant to do it. And I mean, I've, I've been playing since I was 11 years old and all it took was one bad show to throw me off into me and all those insecurities. Um, but when you love something, when you're passionate about something, you have to get back up on the high horse. No pun intended. We talked about horses earlier. <laughs> yeah. I have problems getting on horses, but that's, that's what I had to do. And I had to, instead of turning away constructive criticism from people, and like dismissing compliments and thinking, oh, they're just trying to be nice. They're, they're, they don't really mean that about my skill set. They don't really mean that about my playing. But they did. And it was like you were saying, Dalton, I put those own ideas in my in my head yeah. about what people were thinking of me and how I performed. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it wasn't, wasn't that bad. Um, so, I mean, that's my experience. Dalton, did you have one that you wanted to share or? Uh, nothing really specific to a situation, mm-hmm. um, but I will s- tell about how I kind of overcame uh, a certain thought process that I lived with. Okay. Um, actually, it's really fitting. Uh, it's kind of lengthy, but I have a Facebook post. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> I shared a meme about three or four years ago, uh, actually on my birthday. Uh, it says... I'm that friend that has to walk behind the group when the path isn't big enough. I'm that friend that gets cut off in the conversation. I'm that friend that gets left behind when I ask for them to wait for me. I'm that friend that doesn't get invited to hang out a lot. I'm that friend that if I want to go to the mall or someplace with a friend, I have to be the one to invite people to make sure I get included. I'll always be that friend. And I shared that, A, because I agreed with it but B, because I wanted to fight against that thought. Uh, So this is what I said in response to it. I said, I've very often been that friend, but I've learned something over the past year. I was that friend because because of what I thought of myself. I didn't know what I was doing um, at the time, but when that pathway was too small, I assumed I would be pushed out to the back. So I just allowed myself to fall behind. When I got cut off in conversation, I only ever thought about all the times I've been cut off before, so I just told myself that nobody wants to hear what I had to say. Friends didn't wait on me, and I always felt like I had to invite myself places, and oftentimes I did invite myself places. It sucked because I felt like I was just a, just being tolerated. It sucked because I always imagined myself not being there and everyone being happy about it. Uh, because every negative thing I told myself that my friends thought about me, I believed to be true. It sucked because I felt like I would always be alone. Uh, The post keeps leaving my phone. It's like, no, don't share this. Mm. Let me sit up. Because it sounds like I'm like, my voice is cracking, but it's not. Mm. He's tearing up, guys. (laughs) Okay, catch my breath. Uh, It sucked because I felt like I would always be alone because it always hurt. And it sucked even more because I didn't want to hurt anymore, so I told myself to be cautious. I started pushing people away. I started believing that I was the only person that cared about me, and then I felt sorry for myself. I hated who I was. But all that hate was based on lies that I had been telling myself right from the beginning. Lies like they don't care about what I have to say, they don't actually want me here, they would be better off without me, they didn't wait on me because they don't, they don't care, they didn't invite me because they don't want to tolerate me. All of those lies I told myself over and over and over again, not because anyone had told me those things, but because those were my assumptions. And those assumptions weren't the product of factual evidence, they were the product of my lack of confidence. There's a question that I constantly ask myself, why? Why am I the one that is tolerated? Why am I the one uh, that's never invited? Why don't they care? But I never once asked, why do they care about him or her? Why are they always, be- why are they always being invited? I was too immature to realize that they probably had some of the same struggles that I did. They probably asked themselves why too. 
but it never crossed my mind because I was so caught up in my own self-loathing. All that changed about a year ago when I saw a, fit, a post on Facebook that said, Stop apologizing for everything. All it does is paint you in a negative light. People are attracted to positive vibes and tend to stay away from the negative. So instead of saying sorry, uh, say thank you, you relate, don't apologize. Instead, thank you for waiting. It won't happen again. You have to cancel, don't apologize, say thanks for understanding, we'll continue our plans another time. Um, words are so powerful. We have to be care powerful. Powerful. There's power <laughs> in the blood. Power in the blood of Jesus. Words are so powerful. We have to be careful how we choose them. They can manipulate, misguide, and even hurt people. And what's even more dangerous about them, your own words can hurt you the most without you even realizing it. After I saw the sorry forward slash thank you post, I took its advice, and it was some of the best advice I've ever received. I practiced it until it became a habit, and then until habit became second nature. The positive vibes not only made me more attractive to my peers, but it spread me in a whole new light to myself. I felt happier, I felt more confident, I laughed more and cried less, and then I started looking into myself even more. And I realized that I had been lying to myself about my peers. That's when I really put it to the test. If I noticed about if I noticed I was about to be pushed to the back, I held my spot instead of just allowing it to happen. If someone cut me off in conversation, then I just spoke louder. If I had something to do and my friends would, didn't want to wait, I told them I would catch up with them in a minute. Uh, if I felt uninvited, then I invited someone else to hang out. Excuse me. I don't know why I'm out of breath. <laughs> Probably because it's such a lengthy bust. It's wings, man. Yes. If I felt uninvited, then I invited someone else to hang out with me and didn't think twice about why I wasn't invited. Um, in parentheses, I added, everyone has their share of not being invited somewhere. It's not just you or me. After I started being more positive and gained a little confidence, people naturally wanted to hang with me, and suddenly I didn't feel like I was never invited somewhere. I guess the point of all this is to tell you, tell those of you who feel this, feel this way, uh, stop telling yourself all those lies. The truth is... You have no idea what your friends think of you. Every time you catch yourself thinking something negative, replace it with the opposite. You'll feel better about yourself, and your friends will take notice of that. Don't let other people keep you from shining, but most of all, don't keep yourself from shining. That's really good. Wow. And that just that resonates so much with me, too, man. Like, I had a phase like that in middle school and a little bit in high school where I felt that way. And it's tough, man. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, kids in high school and middle school, they're not polite. Right. They don't want to hang out with you. They'll make it known. Um, but I, I like that, that that attitude change that you had. And like I said, it just it comes back to that. Like, it comes back to your attitude and how do you want to approach the day. Mm -hmm. And the number one key to change is to first put your insecurities aside. You can't move if you don't, if you don't take a chance and, and put those aside. It's like you always say to me, um, "Don't defeat yourself before you've even started." Yeah, by you, really Whitney. Good. Can you ask me the question again? So the <laughs> the question is, when was a time where an insecurity that you had about yourself stood in the way of maybe a goal you had for your life or uh, an attitude that you wanted to adopt? How did you overcome that? Um, or if you're still struggling with it, how do you how do you overcome it? I mean, I think Dalton really hit the nail on the head with that one. And a lot of it is you put your perspective of yourself and you automatically assign that to how someone else sees you. Um, I wouldn't say you just categorize your personality and that's it. But I will say that part of it is just um, a big thing is like feeling unwanted. Um, but usually it wasn't even that other people didn't want me. It's that I, I didn't really want me. I projected other people's insecurities and how like my parents saw themselves on, onto me. Like my mom, she would, um, talk about how nobody ever really loved her and nobody wanted her and she couldn't make anybody stay and care about her. Um, and she had a very negative self image and I, I didn't really feel that way growing up. 
like I was a pretty happy kid. I didn't, ignorance is bliss. Like I didn't really know what was going on at that age. But as I grew older and she still carried those negative things about herself and would speak them over herself and how unwanted she was. And then people would always speak to me and tell me how much like my mom I am. Mm. but they didn't know that she, you know she felt that way about herself they they meant like oh like those people that were saying that actually knew my mom back in the day and thought that she was pretty yeah and like they were saying it in a nice sense but since i saw all the negative things and they kept speaking oh you're just like your mom i'm like dang if i don't find somebody that's gonna want to love me or, or be with me while i'm young and like semi you know like a, okay looking then i'm not ever gonna have anybody and so I think for me that um, God really had to save me from and walk me through. And that's part of my testimony is just I I was so set on finding somebody that was worse off than me so I could help build them up as a person because I never really felt like I had somebody do that for me. Yeah. So not only did I want to love them and build them up as a person, but the wrong motive behind that. And I'm still asking God to work on my motives. Because you can do the right thing and have the wrong heart, and it's not the right thing anymore. But um, I was like, man, if I really pour into them, if I stay and I love them like nobody else can, and I mean it, and I'm sincere, like they'll never leave. It was like security for me, mm. and that's not right either. Yeah. So, just asking God to really um, help me see myself the way that He sees me, and know that that that's a lie straight from Satan. Your um, insecurity can do a, a number on relationships, uh, a huge number. Um, if if you don't have the right mindset about yourself, it's very hard as someone who does have a mi- good mindset about themselves to be attracted to that. And it took me forever to realize that. And people will say, you're funny, David. I'm like, no, I'm not. Why did you think that? See? Wait, that I was funny? <laughs> Why did you think <laughs> that? <laughs> that timing was perfect. <laughs> Why did you think that you weren't? I don't know. Who told you that you weren't? No one. Other than me, but you hadn't met yeah, me yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had to I had to build the confidence. That's for you. the point though. He said no one. Yeah. Except himself. Except me. And, you know, and just this real, real quick tidbit on insecurity in relationships. Tidwit. Tidwit. <laughs> when you're in a relationship Whitbit. with someone. Sorry, witbit sounds better. Witbit. Witbit. A bit with wit. When you're in a relationship with someone who is insecure, it sucks the life out of you as a person. And especially as a young adult. Um if you have your own goals in your life and you have things that you're, you're shooting for, make sure they have those, that same mentality. Um, because first of all, you can't rescue them. If they don't, they have to rescue themselves and you can help them. You can talk them through it. You can be emotional support. Don't be that emotional supply for them to where they constantly have to get it from you, from you, from you, from you. And they can't get it from God and from anything else in their life. Because eventually that's going to catch up to the relationship. Um, I'm sorry, that was just on my heart. And I just wanted to share that with you guys because that happened to me. And I'm sure that that's happened to other people listening. But um, What's the balance? Like what if you are that person? What if you're not the one that's being the supply? What if you're the one that... Is, is either intentionally or unintentionally the one leaching that always ends up leaching and you sometimes you don't even realize it at first until you're pretty far in well if you are that person then chances are if you, you know because there's a sense there's a sense of if a, if you're with a person that has the opposite mindset then there will be frustration that is exhibited from that person because that burden is too hard for them to carry. I know that when I was in that situation, I took out, I would snap on the person for just sometimes for no reason. And it wasn't because of anything they did. It was just because the burden that was put on me was so much. But 
if you are that person who's doing that, I would encourage you to ask yourself, what's your priorities in your life? Is it God first? Is God the first priority in your life or is it your relationship? Um, Do you have active goals in your life that you're pushing for? Do you have things that you want for yourself? Um, Are you continually growing? Because if, if two out of three of those are no, then chances are the answer to those is your significant other at that time. They're, they're your goal. Like you, you want, you want to support them. I mean, and that's, that's commendable, but you also have to have your own drive in your own life. Um, because I mean, I just took a class about psychology of relationships and literally the entire premise of the whole class is if you're with somebody that, that doesn't have enough confidence in themselves, that they're not going to, they're going to stay even if they're unhappy because they don't think that they, they know they deserve better, but they don't think that about themselves. And so they don't think that there are any more valuable options out there for them because they don't believe that they don't believe that they deserve it. And, and you've said this before on the podcast, we accept the love we deserve. I mean, that's so true. Like we accept the love that we think we deserve. We think we deserve. Right. And so, um, I got two things to add. Good. Can y'all hear my stomach? No. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll make sure to amplify it later. Thanks. Appreciate it. No, I got two things to add. Uh, the first is if you're already in a relationship and you realize that you are that person that is kind of depending on your significant other to give you that source of emotional support, um, If I were you, my first reaction would not be to get out of the relationship so that you help, so that you take the burden off of them. I would say get closer to God. Mm -hmm. Start making God the center, making God the source, and then allowing them to kind of heal. It doesn't mean you have to end the relationship. Yeah, of course not. You don't have to end the relationship. But if you are single, stop seeking a relationship and start focusing on God. Because until you have made God the source and have completely kind of healed in that scenario, Mm -hmm. you're still going to put a burden on somebody when you get in a relationship. So if you're still single right now, start focusing on God. Make him the source. Make him the center. Rely on him and not anybody else. Right. And I agree. You, you don't have to end a relationship, but you have to reevaluate. You have to yeah. set boundaries yeah. and be serious about those boundaries. It's not to say that you can't have goals coexist with a relationship. Right. All I'm saying is that when you have someone with that dependent mindset, it's harder. Yeah. Much harder. Yeah. And if you are a person that doesn't have a lot of drive in your life when you're single and you get in a relationship, it's much, much harder. Yeah. And you have to set those boundaries. You have to draw those lines early. Yeah. Okay, another question for you guys. So what if you are a person that is both? What if you have goals, ambitions in your own life, things, but you do have maybe this old pattern or way of thinking and maybe potentially being like that? Like your goal wasn't to make them the supply, but that's kind of like in the back of your head. So you go live your life, you do what you're doing, goals, ambitions, etc., how do you know when you're ready to start dating and that you won't fall back into that old mindset as well? I would say when you can confidently say that you're comfortable being single for the rest of your life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's um, what my sister used to tell me all the time about about her, her husband. She'd say, like, the when I knew I was ready to get married is when I knew I'd be fine if I was single for the rest of my life. And God intends for us to to you know get married and be and be joined and so that emotional support is does come later that companionate love um that friendship that's important but i'm talking about specifically in the earlier stages of Mm -hmm. a relationship um before all of the the time spent because that time the more time you spend with someone obviously you're going to you're going to be get closer to them and you're going to feel that connection more and that's that's not i mean that's not an accident right so um just 
I'm like I said, I'm specifically talking more about the earlier stages um, because you can learn a lot about where a, a relationship is going in the first two to three months if you're looking at the right places. And if you see red flags, do not ignore them. And you know, I've been that insecure person. I've been the one that's leached, and things didn't go well for me. And it was taken out in the wrong way. Like I found out that about myself in the wrong way. I had to get hurt for me to see, oh, like it's, it's not like I'm, I'm so sad. Yes, because it was terrible, but I like depended on that person for so much and put so much on them. And then I did, and it was such a letdown. So, um, and now when things happen or when I'm hurt, yes, it does sting, but it's, I have that confidence in who I am. And I can, like I said, get back up on the high horse again. And it's having that. But so to answer your question, both can exist. Both feelings like of having your own goals, but also feeling some of that old way of thinking. Just depends on how much time you spend with the person. Okay. So, yeah. Have Um, either of you guys got to that place where you're actually very confident that you'd be totally fine being single the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause um, it's easy to say, yeah, but it's harder to actually, of course. Yeah. There have been, so we haven't told our listeners, but I'm in a new relationship. Oh, <laughs> yay. Oh yeah. <laughs> but there have been times with Jasmine that I have seriously just sat down and thought and just be like, I would almost be better off just being single. And that's not because of anything to do with Jasmine. That's because, and Jasmine and I, I have talked about this. So she's yeah. not going to listen to this and be like, what? Just <laughs> <laughs> start crying. <laughs> oh, God. No, um, where I would just, I would be better off being single because then I wouldn't have to worry about pleasing Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And the Bible actually touches on this. Paul says it's better for brothers and sisters to remain single if they can yeah. stifle that burning passion for sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and remain pure because then they can solely focus on, on what God, on God has planned for their life. Right. On glorifying God. When right. you have a spouse, then you're serving God, but you're also serving your spouse. Yeah. Diverting your attention. Yeah. Your div- your attention is divided. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've, I've often, like, in this relationship just thought, maybe I should just stay single. Mm-hmm. Because then I wouldn't have to try and make that balance. Yeah. I could solely just pour my heart and soul out to God. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, and when it's right, you'll feel it because yeah. you'll both be heading in the same direction. But the difference is the person won't be running behind you. They'll be right. running right beside you. Right. What and if when you have that. pulling a push door? i'm sorry i had to well it's like you're running and they're yeah. trying to run too but they just keep hitting that glass door and you're like come on man and then, like they're really trying then but. what i would say is you help them read the sign you help them but in inevitably it's on them to read the sign and to do that responsibility is on them and like I said, for for all of you who may be out there listening, and if you feel that burden in your relationship, like Dalton said, don't don't abandon the relationship. But it, I'm telling you, it's also not your responsibility to pull someone out of that mindset yeah. because it will take you away. It's easier for someone to pull you down than it is for you to to be brought up, and you just have to be careful going down that road very careful going down that road um assist them but don't do it for them yeah to continue with the uh push pull door metaphor (laughs) metaphor um don't open the door for them like teach them to read the sign right so don't like tell them what they're doing wrong help them see what they're doing wrong yeah yeah i in this um this class that i took they would it would always talk about um like i statements right so you don't say to someone that you're in a disagreement with in a relationship you always do this you always do that you always do this they might 
they don't always do it. You say to them instead, I feel like you, sometimes this happens. I feel. Because then it's it's subjective. You're not putting out an objective statement that yeah. you always do this. You're this way. It's not accusing. It's it's relating. more it's yeah. It's more just putting out there your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, and that's more of a a road to a productive conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sorry, guys. I know we we ran over a little bit, <laughs> uh, but to wrap it up, I just think the 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 takeaways that I, that I'm seeing are first of all. If you have those insecure feelings, look to God as a standard for your assurance. Read the Bible um, because He tells us how much He cares for us. I mean, He sent He sent His Son for us. Um, if anything, find your value in that. If if that's the only thing you find your value in, that should be enough. Um, the next, I think, is change starts with putting aside the insecurities. Um, you know, to clear a path to where you want to go, you have to first face your insecurities and decide, actively decide to put them aside. And I always told myself this to keep going. If I had an insecure thought about, for instance, how I looked, I'd say, well, can I do something about it? Yeah, I can. Am I doing something about it? If I'm not, then I only have myself to blame. And if I start doing something about it, I can at least say I'm on the road. Like I'm, I'm, I'm moving. Um, and then just learn how to take that list that you started out this night with, with the 10 weaknesses and, and try and make those into strengths to where you can get, you can be proud in your strengths and your weaknesses don't come out of some sense of like dislike for your, yourself and negative thoughts about yourself. They're more of what can I get better at? Because when you start thinking in terms of how can I improve, these are my weaknesses, how can I improve, and stop thinking in terms of this is what I hate about myself, this is what I don't like, then things are going to start moving for you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, One thing to add to that, to like the weaknesses, Mm -hmm. um, this is something that Jasmine sent me today because I was having a very hard, emotionally taxing day. Mm-hmm. at work today and she sent me this to, to encourage me it's second corinthians twelve nine. but he said to me this is paul talking um he's been praying to god he says but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will therefore i will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that christ's power may rest on me yeah so of course you want to try and strengthen yourself strengthen your weaknesses and stuff but if there are some things that just don't seem to click, mm-hmm. then allow God to work in that. Mm-hmm. Wait, like, if I'm not. This is not an excuse to just be lazy and to not try and better yourself and not try and grow. What it's saying is, when you don't feel like you're making progress in this one area, try and see what God is doing through that. Mm-hmm. He's going to use your weaknesses because he's glorified when your weaknesses actually make things work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Winnie, do you have any final thoughts? No? Just that you guys really ministered to me tonight. Like, I don't really have too much to add to that. Getting you guys his perspective and just hearing your thoughts, it's, it's really like, it's really encouraged me. It's given me a lot of things to think about and a lot of things to work on. So yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear the feedback from our listeners. I yeah. got this much just by being in the room. <laughs> yeah, me too. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, guys. Thanks for hanging with us. Like I said, no, we ran a little long today, but I um, hope this, this ministered to you and, um, Send us some feedback. Send us a DM. Yeah. Um, please, please, please give us some prayer requests. Let yeah. us know how the show is affecting you. Yeah. What you're getting out of the show. Um, we love feedback. It makes it kind of confirms for us, you know, what we're doing is helping. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And of course, it's it's always just good to get compliments. Yeah. You know, or constructive criti- criticism. Yeah. I'll take it. I Absolutely. Mean, he just uh, assumed compliments to start. <laughs> <laughs> What's better to assume that than negativity? Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, this is Free Wine. Welcome back. See you next time. Stay humble.